My ability to summon fish is of no use for this toppling building. Representing the United States West Coast, Dazzler. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. They like a little badunkadunk. Yeah. Is, is, am I allowed to say that? Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. Everybody's in the midst of grief and Reed Richards' wife is hitting on the new guy. All right, I'm here at Crab Jab Studios with Julie Barrow and Mark Tadine from Crab Jab Studios, also... Uh, Former and somewhat current Magic the Gathering artists. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Thanks for taking the time out. I know you guys are uh, pretty busy around here. You've got a, an opening of a new exhibit tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Um, on the art of Magic the Gathering, some of the, the classic art uh, in conjunction with uh, a book project that you guys are working on with uh, Jeff Menges. Yeah. Uh, full steam. Uh, full steam press. Excuse me. Is. Uh, publishing a book based on a Kickstarter project we're working on right now, which is still on, uh, called The Gathering. And it's over, I think it's 30, 31 artists uh, that worked between 93 and 94, um, showing interpretations either of, of cards that they did in the past or showing work that they do now. Some of them don't necessarily work in the game industry or do illustration anymore but they are still working so it shows kind of where we've gone between now and uh back then over the over the last 20 years and the show that we're having here is showing i think we've got about 12 of the pieces that we'll be showing here of the work from the book the gathering um some of it has never been seen before uh some of it was seen at emerald city comic-con last weekend uh at the exhibit that was there uh down on the gaming floor so yeah we'll be showing those the work that you guys when you guys are all connected um all these artists are from the first couple of years up to uh, up to the dark i believe or fallen empires i think it was fallen empires Empires. yeah and it's I got to see some of the work at Almost Journey Comic Con. It's very interesting to see how people's styles have evolved, um, both not not only in terms of uh, the fact that you get to work in a larger canvas. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, if you weren't at Emerald City Comic Con, they showed some of the original art uh, at the show from from some of Magic's older cards, and, and they're in these tiny little pieces. I I can't even imagine working on on a yeah there on a scale that it was small five by seven was the size we were asked to work on and the reason we were asked to do it that size is that was the size of the bed of the scanner that we were scanning yeah it, the uh, artwork was exactly three times uh, the size as the uh, as the the dimensions of the cards it's un it's unreal to, to even imagine just trying to get as much detail as you guys got into some of those images in in such a small frame mm-hmm. well well some of them were actually a little a uh, little more undetailed, I should say, uh, yeah. as opposed to like some of the ones later on, because we were able to to put more uh, um, uh, imagery, like you know, in a in a frame, uh, mm-hmm. and we could pretty much deliver whatever size we wanted to, right? With as digitally, yeah, or well, digitally, or they, you know, they had a bigger scanner. Sometimes we had our own scanners. Mm-hmm. We were able to just drop it off, or maybe drop off a disc, but um, for the most. For the most part, we were still able to just drop off the, the physical piece, and they were able to to uh, shoot it however they wanted to. But yeah, at the very beginning, like uh, no bigger than that, <laughs> so we had to kind of keep it as simple as possible. No bigger than a postcard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
What was it like working for Forges of the Coast back in the in the start? You guys both worked on Art for Alpha, and mm-hmm. do you want to go first, Mark? Oh, um, well, I mean, it was uh, how should I say? It? Uh, the interaction was very immediate. Uh, we had a pretty close uh, um, uh, working relationship with the Esper Mir Force, uh, and he was able to either assign or give us feedback, you know, fairly quickly. Uh, there weren't as many artists to, I guess, to deal with uh, at that at that point, mm-hmm. you know, early on. Uh, so, you know, even phone calls would be, um, you know, pretty much the the, the regular mode of, um, of uh, interaction at the time because I don't think we were probably um, emailing back and forth as much as we, we would now. So usually it just took a, a phone call and him reading off a list of... Uh, of names of the cards, and I go, oh, that sounds good. You know, it was very informal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, it was even more informal because he and I uh, were still going to college, to, and I saw him on a fairly regular basis. So our interaction was usually in the hallway, um, where he would ask to look at what I was working on. I'd brought it with me. We'd go over it really quickly. I'd take it back and work on it at home, bring it back in again. So um, it was, uh, it was. Truly, I think probably the most informal direction I think I've ever had. But back then, nobody nobody even gauged that it would be as big as it ever became. And so there was really, a, it was very loose and organic back then versus probably how it is today. A high level of enthusiasm, too. Uh, a lot of that came from, from Jesper, but also just a, a enthusiasm for the game itself. Even though, like I said, or she said... Uh, we had no idea how big it was going to become. We just wanted to work on it because it, it was actually a lot of fun to work on. Well, yeah. I just wanted the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in college, you know, I was really broke. And actually, I would have done more cards except I was curating an art show. And at that time, I was a fine art student. I my What I was doing was really super important. And the cards were kind of a fun side thing with some food money thrown in. So... Um, I'm not saying that I just wanted the money. It was really fun, but again, we just had no clue where it was going to lead. Yeah, I, I would have taken on a few more cards too, but um, I I had a day job uh, working at Daniel at uh, Daniel Smith Art Supply, so <laughs> there was a limit of like you know how many how many pieces I could squeeze in like you know a day mm-hmm. or I should say a week. It had helped too that all the artists were in the the greater Seattle area, and you could. I don't know how much interaction you guys had with other artists during the time. It sounded like, at least from the, the talk you guys had, that there was a, a good sense of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of us knew each other. Um, there were a lot of us that were going to Cornish College at that time. Uh, Amy Weber and Sandra Everingham and myself and Andy Russo, Cornelius Broody. Um, I think Franz, back then, he, he wasn't doing cards, but I think Franz was around. And oh, he was. I didn't know that. I think that. so. And then, of course, there was Anson. I had friends who were friends with Anson. And um, so we, we all kind of knew each other. The Seattle group knew each other and um, with a couple of stragglers here and there. And then over time, within a few years, we pretty much were all in regular contact with each other. So Yeah, I, I was actually, uh, the first couple months I, uh, I moved to Seattle, I was actually staying uh, at Anson's place. And um, uh, Anson and I were childhood friends. But um, uh, for the first like you know few months, uh, there was nights where we'd be like seriously just sitting on the floor like you know trying to paint um paint some of the early cards as fast as possible uh that in addition to the 
some of the Talos Lantis stuff we were doing for the role-playing game at the time. Mm-hmm. Given, like, you guys said you didn't have any idea how big the game would be. How, like, how mind-blowing is it that like people can crack open a pack of cards today and get 15 pieces of art and the art is so detailed now i mean it, it was the, the i mean there's obviously a difference between the medium you had to work with back in the 90s and now but uh getting access into people's hands of, of so much art in such a quick time frame i think that was one of the nice things about uh that you we have to give Jesper some credit um he really worked hard on the whole concept of collectible trading cards Uh, that was i don't think it was completely his idea but he was all for it and um having a lot of emphasis on the art versus just the gameplay was also a big thing for him um and so i really feel like uh having giving people the opportunity to look at such great art um in such an intense amount you know in in such a I don't know, small package, I guess, was something that wasn't really done a lot. Even with role-playing games, you, you didn't get, you, unless you had like a monster manual, but even then it was all black and white work on the inside. Right. Um, so having so much high-quality color art at your fingertips is, I, I think, a great, a great thing. It really has helped the art community, uh, the illustrator community in, in general. So Yeah, for the artists, um, it was really nice because you could uh, uh, have a little miniature portfolio at your uh, at your fingertips and say so what are you working on oh hold on just pull out of your pocket and flip through it and people go oh that's really cool mm-hmm. and uh yeah for us it was you know for years and years i was always like, holding on to a little pack of that in case just somebody asked <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do oh hold on right here <laughs> now that was the bulge and, in your <laughs> yeah th- this is the this is the you know the years before like you know having a having a little uh, uh iphone right exactly yeah You've Mark, you've gone through and and continued working on magic and Julie. It, after the first couple of years, um, that the, you know, other things took up your time. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what was the transition like going from uh, the early days where you just had these five by seven portraits to moving on to larger mediums and digital media? Mm-hmm. And well, I, I remember at the um, um, a couple of years after we'd started, um, uh, Jesper actually had a, a policy of uh, no digital art. Because at the time, there was a lot of experimentation with uh, with uh, making stuff on tablets and uh, and with Photoshop or other painting programs, and they weren't quite there yet. Uh, there was one exception. Uh, he actually said that Dermot Power was uh, somebody who could turn in a digital piece anytime he wanted to, because he actually made something look very painterly. Whereas in a lot of digital art at the time, I think it was just a little too uh, uh, a little too fuzzy, a little too. Uh, people tended like to use like the the photo retouching tools a bit too much yeah. instead of just like using you know tools. A little too much lens flare. A little, <laughs> a little, yeah. Filter A, filter B, whatever. Um, but uh, you know, gradually, uh, you know, that did change. But uh, one of the the bonuses of having you know um, digital technology was the fact that um, uh, people could actually you know do larger work. And well, it would be photographed. That, you could turn it in, and if there's something that needs to be changed, it wasn't a whole ordeal to make those changes. Right. Um, I, I remember being on staff as uh, uh, when I was doing some concepting there. I was also occasionally like you know, doing a little touch up uh, of uh, of a of a piece that just needed to have like sort of a wholesale change. And sometimes the artists just didn't have the uh, the technology to do it. Uh, they would turn the piece in and. Uh, um, uh, and uh, we'd make a change if, if, if they had to. So um, 
you know, th- there was the whole, you know, for me, sometimes it was a little uncomfortable because I didn't know how, you know, some of the artists would feel about certain changes. But at the same time, you know, the, uh, the company didn't need to have some, you know, editorial sort of changes for whatever reasons. Um, but, uh, you know, the same thing applied to even my own work. Even when I was on staff, like something would get changed. And I said, hey, you know, I could have done that myself. <laughs> you, you still feel a little personal about um, about something getting uh, altered for whatever reason. What was it like for you, Mark, going back to, in Times Travel and revisiting some of the work you did uh, early on in the game? Oh, uh, it, it happened a couple times. Um, there was a piece I did for the uh, the Duelist magazine that was a revisit of uh, of the Jews and Jin uh, mm-hmm. piece, which I was really glad to to do because like you know, the original piece was so small, and uh, there was like just it was a little rough and. and you know, I couldn't blow that piece up any larger than it actually was. It just didn't look very good. Mm-hmm. So I got to do a um, a, uh, a revisit of that for the uh, for the Duelist magazine. It was really large, really detailed. I really got to sort of mess with the character a little bit. Um, but there have been some other times when uh, one of the original cards would have sort of like a second pass, or I think I did Fireball like a second time, which was which was kind of nice because the first one was like I said, kind of small in my in my view it was kind of rough. But I got to sort of play with it a lot more on a larger, larger scale, and of mm-hmm. course, uh, the piece I did for the um, uh, for the book, uh, the Gathering book, is just the same. Yeah. And Julie, your your piece for the the Gathering book is a, a new take on Clone, mm-hmm. and it looks it looks in just a completely different tone <laughs> and vein, and yeah, amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, well, you know, back then, um, I actually wasn't. Uh, everybody else was illustrative illustrator um, uh, our students like Jesper and Amy and Sandra and I actually was a printmaking student and uh, but I liked to do illustration Um, and I had just gotten thrown out of the design department um, because of my bad attitude uh, so I was up in the in the fine art department focusing on my print printing and sculpture uh, degrees, which, you know, got me really far in life. But, um, anyway, uh, so I didn't know how to paint back then. Um, and so I focused on working in color pencils. Um, and since then, of course, I've had time to go back and learn that trade, uh, learn those skills. And that's, you know, I've been working actually in gouache for many years. Um, and a lot of the early work when I transitioned from the colored pencil stuff from Alpha on to gouache, you actually can see my progress over the period of time in those cars because that's, I didn't have a lot of time to practice painting. I was trying to make a living. Um, and um, so you can actually see over the first few years, I think I did 21 cards, kind of this tr- you know, transition. And towards the end, I was just starting to touch into oils. And now I work mostly, um, if I'm painting, I still work in gouache as well as oil, but you obviously can see a difference. Um, and additionally, I really wanted to, uh, there was a humor element. That was another thing, was I used a lot of humor in my early work because I knew that I didn't have the technical skill to pull off a serious piece and have it really look serious. Um, and so... Clone was kind of humorous in the initial one, and I really wanted to add sort of a a darker um, element to Clone. I actually aged uh, the Clone characters um, as if time had gone by, and 
made it more epic, made it more like an old epic sort of Norwegian storyline. Um, in fact, in the book, instead of uh, one of the things I did is made up a sort of an excerpt as if it was part of some story as to what happened to the clone, who the clone is, why there were clones, and why there was a clone in the first place, and which one was the real and which one wasn't. Um, so I really wanted to add that storytelling element to that book or to that the book that wasn't so much seen in the card whereas the card was more of like uh okay this is blue mana we need double of something so you know Jesper's like I don't know put it by the beach and I was like all right fine so um so I just wanted to give it some more depth and I think with the the painting I think I sort of I think I nailed it um so yeah, there is a huge difference, and you know, in twenty years, you can learn how to paint. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, I kind of uh, a similar experience. Uh, when I was in uh, graduate school, I was making these big four foot by four foot oil canvases, and then suddenly, when I started working at uh, um, uh, doing stuff for Magic, it was just like a uh, diving into like you know working with watercolor for the first time, and then kind of like touching it up with a little colored pencil to to, to add some detail, um, and then yeah just slowly adding a little bit more gouache into the mix in, mm-hmm. in order to make opaque effects. And then pretty soon I was just working exclusively with uh, with gouache and I, was, I even put like the um, the colored pencils away at a certain point. Um, kind of a pride issue with me. I was well, like going, I don't need this. Yeah, well, Brian Snerdy still works in gouache. He won't he won't go digital. I mean, he knows how to. He doesn't he just feels that he's that's his his realm and he's really good at it and he's really fast at it. And uh, there aren't very many traditional painters out there in in illustration who can bang out work like that in 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 paint um he's one of the few work of any quality at least exactly (laughs) (laughs) so Uh, tell me about crab jab studios what you guys are trying to accomplish here well um well (laughs) are you gonna let me talk uh yeah in this case okay (laughs) So Crab Jab's your baby. Uh, well, sort of. Um, originally, it was a, a combination of myself and an artist named Kyle Abernethy who started Crab Jab, and it was just—it was truly just a working studio. It was him and I working, uh, and Mark would come in. Uh, we had this group called the Seattle Illustrators Collective, which was basically originally me and Brian and Heather Hudson and uh, Mark and a couple of other local artists that would get together once a week just to get ourselves out of the house and do little projects or look at books together or whatnot. So Mark would actually come over to our studio, which was in this building, but much smaller, uh, to hang out. And we convinced him to move in with us because he was... Yeah, I was down in, uh, in Fremont. I had a uh, active space studio down there for quite a few years. But yeah, it's I mean, it was really nice, but um, but it's very, very lonely down there. <laughs> yeah, he was all by himself. So he moved in with us and then we realized we were cramped. Uh, moved into a bigger space with uh, another, a fourth artist, um, a, a realist painter. Uh, not in this one here, but another slightly bigger space. And we started opening our doors and inviting our friends to show their art in our space, and including Anson Maddox and Heather Hudson and a few other local artists, and started noticing that people were coming back every week. During the, We have art walks down here every second Saturday. Um, and so when we moved into this space, we have obviously a lot of wall space. We started putting shows on every month and they started, people started coming and coming back every month and seeing what else we had going on. And, um, and then we lost uh, 
one or two other artists and picked up Chris Pramus here of Green Running Publishing, who comes down here. This is his man cave uh, <laughs> where he writes. Um, so he came down here, and he, he actually set the ball in motion. Uh, we did the Art of Role-Playing Games show last summer, um, which was his idea, and that was our big salon show, and it was a huge hit, and that's when we realized uh, that we had a niche here that nobody, with the exception of Rock LaRue up in Belltown, uh, which is slightly different than us, but nobody's really um, covering in Seattle uh, of, of publication art, uh, showing public publication art and local art. There's a lot of really amazing local illustrators in Seattle and local artists. So we started doing that, and we enjoy doing it, and um, we are more than happy to show the gathering, uh, showing... Uh, we actually have uh, R.K. Post showing with us next month, a uh, group of his work, um, Samuel Araya. Um, we have a couple of other group shows very similar to what we're doing here. And so that's kind of... T- Therese Nielsen yeah. next year or this uh, year? Well, she she said she... Uh, yesterday she said she'd love to do a solo show in Seattle, which we'll have to work out the details. But, of course, the fact that she said yes is fantastic because she's... a you know, amazing. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be doing this. And then we started doing conventions, uh, which, of course, Emerald City uh, Comic-Con, we curated their first art exhibit. And then um, we're looking to work with fairies, uh, Fairy Con, um, with fairy, fairy Worlds, Robert Gould. Um, and we also are enjoying doing that as well. Uh, we just want to get really good, um, which, of course, it's all really good, art in this genre available to the public so they, they can actually see what it looks like in real life other than in a book or on a card or whatnot and they can buy it that's the other thing people don't realize you can buy this stuff um and so this too could be hanging in your house exactly <laughs> so wouldn't it be cool if yeah so that's really where crab jab came from and um the name is of course everybody asks us where the name came from and that's just actually Kyle's and my um, initials. Uh, mine happened to be Jab, and his happened to be Crab. And Mark supplied us with our awesome logo of the crab with the boxing uh, glove. Um, and hopefully, we can get a deal with our mascot. Yeah, well, we'll have a video game out. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have a little app? I know, like a little punching rock'em sock'em robot type thing. So it could be the next uh, uh, Angry Birds. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Angry crabs. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds really gross. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and it, it's a really great environment down here. We have Gabe Marquez, who works in the corner here. He's our fourth here. Uh, this isn't actually a, a working studio. We all come in, and we all work in here uh, every day, and I'm making artwork and, and, in Chris's case, writing. Um, so it's, it's a working environment, and, uh, which I think is important for people to see as well. Um, to be to have a chance to actually walk into a studio and see 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 the the sausage being made as it were yes absolutely so or not being made in the case of Mark and his what what, what are you talking about <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you mean I I'm I'm kind of like the den mother uh, I I uh, lash <laughs> are you on Facebook again yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry hold on. Uh, outside of work for the the studio and work in the the gathering book, what do you guys have going on 
Um, anything in the in the works that we should be taking a look at in the near future? Well, I, I uh, a couple of months ago I started to work on um, uh, a game called uh, Age of Fate, which is through uh, uh, Glue Mobile. I'm not sure if Gryptonite uh, Games is, is still an entity uh, unto itself, but it's locally produced, um, and uh, uh, I haven't seen the. Um, the images come out just yet, but um, uh, the game itself is, I think, out uh, as an app um, on um, on uh, iPhones. I'm not sure what 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 the other platforms is, but basically mobile games. It's probably not Windows Seven because there are no for apps me. for Windows Seven. I know. Hello, <laughs> yay! Right, um, and, and there's another one uh, I'm working for in a, a game in Japan, um, and then of course just the um, um, the painting for the book. Uh, that's the mo- the most recent sort of work I'm doing. And where are you going in a month? In a month? No, actually... Uh, uh, in a couple weeks? Uh, no, actually next week. Next uh, week. I'm heading to Utrecht for a, a Grand Prix, uh, Magic the Gathering Grand Prix Utrecht. Um, and uh, in terms of me, uh, for my own work, my artwork, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on that are personal. When I say personal, I just mean that they're not commissions or anything like that. Um, some paintings that I've been sitting on for a long time that I'd like to get finished. Um, and I'm most, I'm mostly focusing these days on, um, working on art to show. Uh, I don't have any shows lined up because I actually am so busy with, um, crab job shows, organizing a few in particular that are, um, uh, group shows that take a little more wrangling, uh, than some of the solo shows do. Uh, one in particular in July, uh, that we're doing that's based on sculpt. It's a sculptural show. Um, and then again in September, uh, Jeff Mangus is actually uh, curating for me a show based on the Golden Age of Illustration. Uh, Which is really exciting because you don't really see much of that on the uh, on the West Coast. There's a lot of sort of old school illustration from, you know, on the East Coast. Shows yeah. well, and, and he's museums. An East and yeah, that's, that's kind of his baby. So he's going to be curating that for us. And I'm going to be working with him. And I am working on a couple of, and we're very, very early stages, a couple of book projects, um, which I can't talk about because I'm not quite sure what the format's going to be. Um, but this is probably 2014 type stuff. Um, and then uh, looking ahead in terms of more conventions that we can come in and curate and show awesome, super awesome artwork from all your favorite illustrators. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, not quite sure. There's a couple coming up that I want to be part of, but we haven't signed. Uh, right. We haven't signed anything <laughs> yet. Um, so I'm mostly busy with crab job stuff and then of course my own personal stuff as well. Um, and, uh, which I actually roll my, whatever I'm doing in right into crab job. Um, so to see whatever new things I'm doing, you usually can just go to our Crab Jab Studio website and check it out. So, yeah. Yes, and, and we're always waiting for that big movie deal to come around the corner. I know. Well, we <laughs> want to do a reality TV series. Oh, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, because we're really, we're really amusing uh, here. <laughs> there's always something exciting going on down here. Um, you know, the, the big blow, blow ups about like, you know, the, the motorcycle fenders that we got wrong. Oh, wait, that's, an, that's another one. No. That's no, the one. fights, the makeups. The the backstabbings, <laughs> um, it's all there. It's all under this roof. So I'd watch. Oh yeah, it would be worth watching for sure. The big question that we have every every day. No uh, pants Friday. No 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 not that. Oh. No, where, where are we going for lunch? 
Oh yeah, the where are you? Where are we going for lunch? What are you hungry for? Usually lasts for about like a good fifteen minutes. Uh, no, no. Is what? What's this in the refrigerator? That's another <laughs> favorite. Um, yeah, and then we have the yeah, no pants Friday, which uh, Chris is our biggest. Do you do you have any? Do you have a tube of cadmium red? I, mine ran out. Yeah, well, you're the one black acrylic. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then we have Kramers. We actually do have real life Kramers. People who barge in here on a regular basis come in either come take a nap uh or steal food and leave or just sit and draw yeah we actually have people who come in and sit and draw it's it's a very community oriented space <laughs> anyway uh, yeah and when can come people come down here and see what you guys are doing uh we are open to the public uh tuesdays and thursdays from two to five or by appointment, which uh, is very easy to do. You can contact us at Crab Jab Studio. That's a crab with a K, by the way. Uh, jabstudio at gmail.com. Uh, and then every second Saturday of the month, we are open from 6 to 9. That's when we have our art show openings. Um, and it's free. We don't charge for people to come in. We don't charge for them to see the artwork. Uh, and we're more than happy to, you know, bring people in, chat with you, show stuff, you know, show you what we've got. Um, so yeah, that's when we were open. Mark, Julie, it's been a pleasure, and I hope you. I will be here tomorrow, and I hope a lot of people come as well. Oh, I hope so too. Thank you. Yeah.